It's good to see everybody. Welcome. We are glad that you are with us in person or online. It's great to be together. Thank you for that singing, Ethan, and for the congregation following, and thank you for that devotional thought about our communion, Jeremy. I, I like that. Communion means together, and I appreciate you drawing our attention to that. I think it does scare the devil. I really do. How many times a week do you think I wear a tie? I'll take the mystery out of it. One time a week, I put on this tie for you. That's the only time I wear a tie. Well, we have graduation. I'll wear a bow tie sometimes for that. I put on this tie for you guys. Uh, I, I put it on, I care about the opinion uh, mostly of Nate, and I really care about the opinion of Michael Barnett. It makes my day, it only happens like once a year, but if, if I come and I'm wearing a tie and Michael gives me a compliment on my tie, I'm just like, okay, I scored. Because I care what other people think. I really do. I, I wear this because I care what other people think. We are human beings. We are built to live in tribes. We're built to live in groups. That's why God doesn't save you individually. He saves the church with us in it. And he means for you to be a part of this group and to make this group stronger we're supposed to care about what other people think. But let me tell you something. Just like anything good, that can become a trap. It can shrink your life down to something much smaller than what God intends it to be. That's what I want to talk about today. God made you more than what other people think about you. There's a story that I heard this, it's probably been two decades or more, an interview with someone who went to see uh, Marlena Dietrich in her, in her home, I think it was in California, when she was retired and visited her, and she had a, uh, an LP record. Remember, you, you young people don't even know what that is, but it was an LP, it was a vinyl record she had. Now, Marlena Dietrich, she was a songstress. She, she was famous singer during the 30s and the 40s. Uh, a movie star. I don't think anybody ever called her an actress uh, or actor. She wasn't that, but she was a star. People would go see movies just because she was so famous if she was in them. But she was really best, I and mean, she was a gifted singer. And the person that was visiting her said, what's this, what's this record you have? And she said, oh, this is my, this is, these are my performances. This is my performance in Paris. This is my performance in the Albert Hall in London. This is Los Angeles, and this is, I have all of them on here. All of them on one LP? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're all on there. Well, can I hear some? And, sure. and, and she puts the record on, and it was a record not of her singing, but of the audience applauding. 
This is the, this is the Paris applause. Let me skip it. Here's the, here's the Chicago applause. I like this. That's funny. But it's kind of sad. Right? There at the end of her career, she was trying to milk a little bit more meaning and significance out of other people's opinions of her. God does not mean for you to live your life ruled by what other people think of you. We live in this world. We are human beings. We're going to care. But you are meant to be much more than that. Matthew 6 verses 1 through 4 gives us a sad example of how worrying about other people's opinions can go tragically wrong. Be careful, Jesus says, not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not tell your left hand what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you. And he gives two other illustrations like that. He says, when you pray, don't pray so everybody's watching. Go find a secret place so it's just between you and God. When you fast, don't complain to everybody about how hungry you are and, and, and you know, Hope everybody's looking at you to see how pious you are with your fasting. Pretend like nothing's going on so that only you and God see what's happening with you spiritually. And God will reward you. Jesus is calling our attention to a fact. We need each other. We cue off of each other. I show up here and I work hard on my sermons, partly because I don't want to let you guys down. I care about what you think. But if I let it, your opinion of me and the world's opinion of me can become the only thing I think about. I don't have to do anything to make that happen. That is a natural tendency that I can easily drift into. I have to do things to stop myself from that happening. Jesus says, you want to stop yourself from caring so much about what other people do, do things that is just between you and God. That's his first piece of advice. Because it's a natural tendency for me to let your opinion of me become my whole world. God made you to be bigger than the box of other people's opinion. Do something for me. I don't usually invite the audience to rubberneck, but I kind of want you to look and find somebody in this room that you don't know very well. Just one of your brothers and sisters that we share communion with. Uh, look at them. It's okay. Look at Go ahead. Look at Can't be a relative, though. Can't be a relative. Look at somebody you don't know that well. Okay, get their face in your mind. Okay, stop looking. It's getting weird. Okay, now. You got their, you got their head or their face. 
All right, now think about that person. Think real hard. What's the best thought they've ever had about you? Think about it. Come on, think. Come on, you can do it. What's the worst thought they've ever had about you? Come on. Think about it. You don't know, do you? Okay, the reason why I wanted you to do that exercise is we don't know what other people are thinking. And yet there are times when I end up paralyzing myself because I pretend like I do. Oh, if I say that, they'll think this. And I wear that, they'll do this. And if I, you know, uh, act like this, they'll think all these things. I don't know, really, what other people are thinking. Other people are a closed book. And I can drive myself nuts. I found this out, Ryan. Uh, there's actually a word for a phobia, allodoxophobia. I don't know if it's in the DSM or not, but allodoxophobia is actually a diagnosable phobia, apparently, where you are, you are kind of paralyzed. It can be very bad, where you're kind of paralyzed by anxiety over other people's opinions of you, what they think of you. You can't do anything. And God made you so that you're going to be a human being and live a human life. You're going to be among other humans. You care some about what they think, but that is not meant to rule your life. I don't know really what's going on in other people's minds. But honestly, I do know what's going on in my mind. And I got news for you. I think about me way more than I think about you. I mean, I love you and all, but honestly, I worry about me a lot more than I worry about you and what you're wearing. Except Nate. I always watch Nate's ties, I do. And Michael's, I do. And every person in this room and every person in the world is more likely to be like me in that they're going to be thinking about themselves 99% of the time. That's just the way we are. And so you may fret and fret and fret about what other people are thinking of you. Odds are they're not. They're thinking about them. That's what you're doing. That's what they're doing. God did not make you to shrink your life down based on other people's opinions. Jesus says you can live a religious life, a church life, and stop thinking about God entirely because you're living it so that other people will see you being churchy. Oh, look how much that person gives to the poor. Look how much they pray. Look how they fast. And you just name all the acts of righteousness. It doesn't matter. 
You can, you can do all those things and look like the holiest person on earth and never think about God once. Jesus points that out. That's how strong our worry and connection about other people's opinions can be. And he says, just break out of it. Do things just between you and God. That's, that's kind of advice number one. Look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 1 through 4, the Corinthian church has this problem. They're, they're worried that if they don't have just the right kind of preacher who preaches in just the right way, that the, that the, that the people won't come and they won't really be attracted to the gospel. And so there's a fight going on in the church. Some people say, oh, no, 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 no. If you're not following Apollos, you're, you know, the church is not going to make it. No, no, no. If you're not following Paul, your church is not going to make it. No, 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 no. We've got to go back to Jerusalem and, and Peter's preaching in, in Jerusalem. And if you're not following Peter, the church is not going to make it. And Paul says, don't you get it? The power of Christianity does not come from the preachers. It comes from what's preached. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's where the power is. And when he's kind of summing up his whole set of arguments, where they're worried, oh, you're not the best preacher for this, and, you're, you know, and other people are going to judge us if we don't have the right preacher, he says, get over that. I care very little. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 3. I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I don't even judge myself. My conscience is clear. It doesn't make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. If you're going to worry... <laughs> Worry about God's opinion of you. What other people think of you doesn't matter for anything important. Focus instead on what God thinks of you. Well, Paul says, I got to deal with this. He says, I, I got to deal with you guys fighting over this issue, but it should be a non-issue. The way I'm trying to live my life is I care about what God thinks of me. And I'm living for the day when God tells me what he thinks of me. I have a really brilliant colleague, John Harrison. Some of you know him, New Testament scholar. He studied at St. Andrews University in Scotland. And his supervisor over there, he did his doctoral work over there. His supervisor over there was happy with his work, but he gave him a criticism one day. John Harrison shared that that with us in one of his chapel talks. His supervisor said, John, you're a fine scholar. You're developing very well, but you're just so timid. You write like you're afraid somebody's going to contradict you. Don't be afraid. And his, his supervisor went on to say this, fear God and no one else. That's pretty good. Fear God 
and no one else. I don't want to live my life scared of what you're going to say about me. I want you to be happy. I want you to like me. But I'm not going to live my life afraid of you. And I'm not going to live my life afraid of them. The only one I'm afraid of is God. I want him to be pleased with the way I live my life. And if you're wise, you're going to have that same attitude that Paul expresses here in this passage. I'm going to keep, keep with Paul for uh, a little bit later. But right now, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 10. Sometimes when my worry about other people's opinion gets on top of me, it's in the form of me imagining folks making fun of me, folks being cruel, saying hurtful, hateful things, or for folks turning their backs on me and ceasing to be my friend. I think that's a pretty standard Fear among human beings. We're social creatures. God made us to be together with each other. So it's natural for us to have some concern about what others think. But Jesus says that is not what rules you. And in a fallen world, Christ's followers can expect some cruelty and mockery. It's just sad, but it's true. Matthew 10, verses 22 through 33. You'll be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you're persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you'll not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher, nor the servant above his master. It's enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house is called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household. So don't be afraid of them. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. For I, what I tell you in the dark, speak it out in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim it from the rooftops. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body but can't kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and yet one of them, not one of them, will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown them before my father in heaven. This is a fallen world. And sadly, because of the fall, 
There are people who reach for cruelty, who reach for mockery, who reach for, you know, cutting off relationships or abusing relationships as a way to make themselves secure or feel secure, as a way to make themselves feel better or to get what they want. That is the nature of the fallen world. And if you are standing for what's right, if you are standing for Jesus Christ, some of that's going to come your way. And Jesus says, don't beat yourself up if there are people who hate you because you're a Christian. You didn't mess up necessarily because that happened. It's our natural instinct to worry, well, did I say it right? Did I do it right? Did I? It may have nothing at all to do with you. In a fallen world, especially now, we know this is true. There are times when attacking you is just a way for a person to advance their own agenda. It's not even personal, really. If it's not personal to the people who are doing the attack, maybe I shouldn't take it so personally either. It's just the way a fallen world works. And Jesus says, you don't need to worry too much about the way sin is twisting some people's lives around. You need to worry about saying what's true about Jesus Christ. And maybe some of them will hear that. And some of them will be saved. Paul says, in first, later in 1 Corinthians, says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. I want to talk about that more excellent way. Probably the best, most powerful summary of it is Matthew 7, verse 12. It's famous. We've quoted it so many times, I'm afraid it's, it's kind of been worn smooth in our minds, so I actually pulled it, this one, this quotation, out of the message, which is a paraphrase uh, rather than a strict translation of the Bible by a man named Eugene Peterson. But I like the way he says it. Here, Matthew 7, verse 12, the golden rule, here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourselves what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do that for them. Add up God's law and prophets. And this is what you get. That's a pretty good statement of the golden rule. Figure out what other people, what you wish they were doing for you. And figure out how you can do that. Okay, one more time to rubberneck. Look at that person you looked at earlier. One more time. Get there. Get th Come on, do it. Do it. How often do I let you do this? Come on. All right. Let's do mind reading one more time. What's the best thing that person has ever thought about themselves? 
You getting anything clear? What's the worst thing that person has ever thought about themselves? You don't know either of those either. But I'm going to tell you something. If you find yourself having trouble with worrying and fretting and losing sleep over what other people think, if this is really an issue with you, which it always is for some of us some of the time, here's the more excellent way. Instead of worrying what they think about you, flip the script and start worrying about what they think about themselves. That's kind of what you wish they would do for you. That's what you wish other people would do for you. What can you do in this moment? Seriously, give this consideration. What can you do in this moment to make this person feel calmer and more confident about themselves? What can you say? How can you act? What kind of smile can you put on? What kind of behavior can you exhibit to do for this person what you wish people would do for you? God made you more than just what other people think of you. He made you to be an instrument of his love and his acceptance. He, when he sees you, he sees the best of you. And more than that, he sees the best that you are capable of becoming. And he means for you to be that in the lives of the people around you. To be an instrument to help people become better. Not a hammer to beat them down with what's wrong with them. But a sunshine of love to help them grow into what God sees them becoming. They're meant to be bigger and so are you. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that you love us just as we are and that you see all that is possible for us and are trying to help us become that. We pray for your guidance and your help. God, help us to get over ourselves when we fret overly about what other people think. Help us to focus more on what you think of us than about the opinions of the world around us. And God, above all, help us to turn our thoughts from ourselves out into the people around us so that we can be an instrument of your love. These things we pray in the name of Christ. Amen.